Welcome to About a Book, the podcast that tells you the real story behind the world's most iconic books. Hello from the void. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jade and today I'll be having a little chat about William Golding's 1954 twisted adventure novel, Lord of the Flies. Some people love it, some people hate it. I personally think it's pretty good. I'm currently recording this episode with a duvet over my hand because I heard it improves the sound quality, so I really hope that's true because this blanket smells like dog and I feel like a bit of an idiot. I'm also going to try and talk a little bit slower because I realize I talk super fast, especially when I'm excited, and I always get super excited about history and books. Oh my gosh, that line just made me sound like a nerd. Well, you know, that's just me. In this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about William Golding's life because he was kind of a whack job. I'm also going to talk about Lord of the Flies and its relevancy today because it ties in with one of the most controversial social experiments of all time. If you haven't read the book yet, here's the rundown. A group of young British boys aged 6 to 13 are stranded on an island after their plane gets struck down during a nuclear war. At first it seems like they're in paradise until the power struggle begins. A dark twist on an adventure novel that explores the capacity for evil inside the heart of everyone. So you know, just some light reading. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about the author. William Golding was born on the 19th of September in Cornwall in England in 1911 and his mom was a suffragette and she was described by Golding as a superstitious Celt, so kind of witchy. His father was a master at Marlborough Grammar School so he went there and he also lived on the school grounds so it was school 24-7. I say he was definitely a teacher's pet. He also loved writing and he started creative writing when he was only seven years old and he knew he wanted to be a writer by the age of 12. That's pretty impressive. I'm 22 and I graduated college and I still have no idea. I also read that apparently when he was a kid he would get these vivid hallucinations where he would see different animals and they would mean different things, so that's kind of cool. I also read that when he was a kid he was known as a bit of a bully. He even admitted later in life, Quote, I enjoyed hurting people. Uh, okay, moving on. When he was in college, he also published a poetry book which had a really impressive, unique title. It was just called Poems. <laughs> you know, does what it says on the tin, I guess. So, unsurprisingly, even after publishing this poetry collection, Goldie, <laughs> that's my little nickname for him, wasn't making much of a living as a writer, so he begrudgingly became a school teacher at an all-boys school, and he taught English, philosophy, Greek, and drama. cultured but he wasn't a very good teacher because he didn't really care about his students and he often just made them read whatever he was working on and count the amount of words on each page sounds pretty boring to me he also jumped at the chance to get out of the classroom when he joined the navy he spent five years in the navy and even participated in the d-day invasion so pretty impressive the war however affected him really deeply and in hindsight he probably suffered from what is now considered as ptsd and he adopted a really negative worldview believing quote man produces evil as a bee produces honey so pretty grim After the war, he returned to teaching, but he still didn't have much of a passion for it. He was a bit of a crazy teacher, and he had a very long, scraggy beard, so he got nicknamed Scruff. And he actually enjoyed stirring up trouble between his students just to see how they would respond and see how they'd interact with each other. He called it experimental science. Uh, sounds a bit weird to me. I think we've all had a weird teacher at some point. I used to have a chemistry teacher that would pull pranks on students, like he would hide under the desk and wait till we were all sitting down and then he would just pop out from somewhere and give us all a fright. (laughs) 
He also used to wear bicycle shorts that were way too tight and would leave nothing to the imagination when he rode on the board. Oh, still gives me shivers. But Goldie was a whole other level of weird. For example, on a trip, he split his class into two groups and got them to either be on the attack or defense, and then just let them go at it and fight. And he was amazed at how vicious it got so quick. And this event weirdly inspired him and he said to his wife, wouldn't it be a good idea if I wrote a book about children on an island? Children who would behave in the way that children really would behave, and not just like the little saints they are in other books. And Lord of the Flies was published in 1954. It was rejected 21 times by publishers, and when it was finally published, he was only paid £60. And it also sold under 5,000 copies in the first year, which is apparently pretty bad. It even went out of print for a while, but seven years later he did a lecture tour around the US and it regained attention, and when the paperback came out it sold half a million copies. So he kind of struck lucky with his first novel and was able to finally quit his job and focus on writing full time. Really just, you know, living the dream. Over the course of the rest of his life he wrote over 12 books, essays, plays, short stories and more poems. He also won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1983 and the Booker Prize, so they're pretty big awards in the literary world. And as a result of his contribution to literature, he was also knighted in 1988. Sadly, he passed away in 1993 from a heart attack. I'm sorry, that was really sudden, you guys were not prepared for that. I never know how to put in how they died without sounding really grim and blunt. I'll work on it. But Golding certainly left his mark on the literary world, and in 2010, Times Magazine ranked him third on their list of the 50 greatest British writers since 1945. Pretty specific, but however, fair play. It's actually ironic that William Golding thought that the writing Lord of the Flies was pretty boring and he thought it was a bit of a joke that it was considered a classic and he never reread it after he published it. It's also one of Stephen King's favourite books. He said it was the first book that had hands that reached out and grabbed him. That was not my experience. I don't know what copy of the book he had, but it's pretty cool. And I'll be doing Stephen King on the podcast very soon, so stay tuned for that. Now let's talk about the actual book. What was Stephen King talking about, you know? Why do millions of children around the world have to read this in school every year? What's the hype? So around the time the book was published, adventure stories were really popular. And Lord of the Flies mostly was inspired by Coral Island, which was a Victorian children's novel. And basically Goldie thought that this book was a bunch of... It's about a group of super brave, resourceful, well-behaved Christian boys stranded on an island. And Goldie was like, nah, like, I taught kids, I taught boys for years, this is not how they act. Kids are fearful, cruel, savage, and he even gave the characters in the book the same name as the characters in Carl Island, so it was like a complete comparison. Lord of the Flies is basically a book of ideas. The characters and plot aren't super complex or fleshed out, they're basically just instruments to explore his philosophy, and your feelings on the book probably depend on how much you agree with his philosophy. So I'll give you a little quick rundown of the characters. Spoiler free, don't worry. So Ralph is picked by the boys as the leader, and his character represents order and civilization. Jack is another boy and he's pretty much the complete opposite. He represents savagery, violence and the desire for power. He gets really annoyed that Ralph is picked as the leader and over time his bloodlust grows and he becomes obsessed with hunting. 
and he even uses his violent nature and the boys' fears to manipulate and gain power over the group. And then there's Simon, and he is my favourite. He is moral and virtuous and represents the goodness in mankind. He is the one that realises that the threats on the island aren't external, but internal. And he also realises that the real monster on the island is actually themselves. Then there's Piggy, and oh, poor Piggy. He's this overweight kid and he gets bullied by the group and he represents intelligence and knowledge and this is really shown by how they use his glasses to create fire. Some people think that the island represents the Garden of Eden and the original sin, but... Who knows? So the main symbol of the book is the beast and this is kind of a Blair Witch Project type thing. So these young boys are convinced that there is some beastie on the island that they are terrified of and as they become more savage their obsession with it grows and by the end of the book they are actually leaving its sacrifices and almost worshipping it. But the beast doesn't really exist. In reality it's just the seed of evil that resides within us all. Lovely. <laughs> I told you, William Golding was a pretty cynical guy. Then you have the actual Lord of the Flies, which is a rotting pig's head on a stick. And this is the physical manifestation of the beast and the evil that is within the heart of every man. During the book, Simon hallucinates and the head speaks to him and tells him, Fancy thinking the beast was something you could hunt and kill? You knew, didn't you? I am part of you. Beelzebub is this demon mentioned in the Bible and translated from Hebrew it means Lord of the Flies. So that's another link to the Bible. So the book really explores the idea that we all have the capacity for evil and Goldie became even more convinced of this idea after World War II. The book also explores the dangers of groupthink and the kind of herd mentality. And this is something we are still pondering and it was explored scientifically by the famous Stanford Prison Experiment. If you haven't heard of this before, it was one of the most controversial social experiments of all time. The experiment took place in 1971 uh, by Stanford University to explore the psychological effects of perceived power and fear. They took 24 like-minded male students and randomly gave them the role of either a prisoner or prison guard in a makeshift prison. The experiment was initially expected to last two weeks, but because of the overwhelming results of the experiment, it was cut off after only six days. The guards were torturing and humiliating the prisoners, both physically and verbally, to an atrocious extent. The results of this experiment are very similar to, and perhaps can even explain, the events in Lord of the Flies. Power that is given to both the individuals in the book and in the prison experiment allow them to do things that they wouldn't have normally done in their normal lives. The Stanford Prison Experiment gave people a glimpse into the atrocious actions that innocent men are capable of and that even the most innocent of humans are capable of evil when put into the right circumstances. It also shows how people will resort to violence if they believe it will serve a bigger cause and that anonymity, anonymity? Oh, I can never say that word. <laughs> Being anonymous will also cause people to act in crueler ways. And in the book, Jack starts to act more vicious once he puts the face paint on. And the guards in the experiment were given mirrored sunglasses and a uniform. So kind of stripped of their own personal identity. We also see this nowadays with online trolls and cyberbullying. People will say things they never would say to someone's face simply because they're hidden behind a username on a screen. The book really impacted me because it is certainly unsettling to think about children being capable of such horrible things, or that this side could be inside of us all. You know, it might not be super realistic, and it does paint an unfair picture of preteen boys, but it's certainly food for thought. I actually asked my 13 year old brother if he thought this is how things would go down on an island, and he said absolutely so. 
kind of worried about that answer. Honestly, I do believe him because judging by the way he turns on you when you take his phone charger, I would not want to be on an island with him. <laughs> so that's Lord of the Flies in a nutshell. Would I recommend the book? It's pretty divisive, some people love it, some people hate it, but if you were intrigued by what you heard today, give it a go. Or alternatively, if books aren't really your thing, The Simpsons has an episode called Das Bus, which is a very entertaining parody and it pretty much hits all the main points in the book. Thank you so much if you've made it this far and if you decide to read the book, happy reading. I almost forgot. Don't forget to follow me on abedabook.podcast on Instagram. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>